back to the West Bridgewater Public Library podcast. I'm Ellen Snowenvis, and with me today is Ashley Warren again. Hi, Ashley. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, loving quarantine. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's been such a crazy year, hasn't it? Yes. Well, with the quarantine and all of the craziness about the library open and closing, I have actually gotten a fair amount of books read. Have you? I have to say this has probably been my my biggest reading year in a long, long time. <laughs> you know, at the beginning, I had a hard time focusing on a reading at the like last March because um, I just had so much. I was so anxious. It was hard to, for me to right. focus my eyes. But then once things, things sort of got into a, a, a flow, um, I really did get a lot of reading in it. I noticed that you and I have um, been thinking about, now that it's the end of 2020, what our favorite books were of the year. And it, come to find out, one of them is a book we shared. That's right. You want to talk about that? Uh, the first book that we're going to discuss is titled Deacon King Kong. It's written by James McBride. The The novel starts, it's set in September 1969 in South Brooklyn. Uh, the main character, whose name is Deacon Cuffy Jasper Lambkin, who is a deacon of the local Baptist church uh, located near a housing project, uh, the Causeway Housing Projects, uh, walks up to a young boy in the Project Commons and shoots him. I know, it's sort of shocking. Right it off is. the bat. It, it is, it is. Uh, it kind of jumps right into the action. Uh, and then your the story builds. Right. Kind of backtracking, but also looking forward right. as to how um, everyone, the characters, overlaps. And there's, there's secrets in between some of the characters. And why totally. has Deacon shot Deems and especially when you find later in the book that Deacon was the coach for the local baseball team and Deems was his his star star pitcher oh I was horrified and it's just it's a very interesting book I I noticed that this year I I kind of go through trends of Uh types of books I read and this year's trend seemed to be overlapping characters oh interesting um, kind and i didn't do it deliberately just kind of it's how the books fell into my lap if you if you would yeah um just lots of books i've read this year and i don't know if it's a trend per se or if i just kind of found these books um all all the characters overlap um obviously some for good some for bad mm-hmm. um, what do you mean by overlap kind of especially in deacon king kong there's a lot of interaction between different classes of people yes as characters and different ethnic groups ethnic groups as well yes uh so there's two police officers um one of which is in secretly in love with one of the parishioners of the church i know Um, so sweet and it's just really interesting to me on these kind of multi-layered books right? Um, in terms of just character development and how the characters interact and how the story builds off those interactions. Um, another fascinating thing with this book, in my opinion, was that the most obviously people recognize people as being characters. But in this book particular, I thought that the housing project was a character. Oh, so right. I thought the church, the church was, totally was a, character. a character. And I also thought, and you'll have to read the book to understand this reference, <laughs> but the cheese 
The cheese. Was its own character. The government cheese. <laughs> the government cheese. It was totally right. Which was its own little character I didn't even within think this about book. I that, but yeah. you are so yeah. right. And it, it, it's one of the first books in a long time that that has happened. Oh, yeah. And I think because those the two locations are such primary places in the yeah. book that they almost like I said, became their own characters within the book. Right. They had yeah. their own presence in the book and their own importance in the book. And it was just, I I loved the book. The The writing was lyrical. Oh, uh, it was just, so beautifully written. I could hear the characters speaking. I could picture exactly what each character looked like, what sport coat wore, um, yep. what Deems looked like after he was shot. It was just just a fascinating book to me that it was just so encompassing of everything in it and everything that I needed I guess at that time yes for a book it was so it, it was a heartwarming story in a kind of quirky way yes every time there would be some kind of major plot development I thought oh no here it comes right and then th right. there would be a twist right right and it was totally unexpected yes. and it wasn't corny at all no but um he just takes you on this incredible journey yes through this this community and it's interesting because i've heard him interviewed a couple of times he still lives in that same neighborhood of brooklyn oh that's interesting yeah it's the red hook neighborhood of brooklyn and um he teaches piano at a local church and he's he's kind of never i mean he's a very well you know he's a huge author in terms right. of national right. prominence but um he's actually never left his old neighborhood which oh, I that's think, amazing yeah and i i do think um and again, I thought there was going to be some really painful rifts between the different um, ethnic groups, mm -hmm. you know, the Irish policemen right. and the black community, and then the um, Italians. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, no, here we go. Right. But in a way that always made me feel like, okay, yeah, I could, like it was somehow believable. Right, right. The way he twisted things. Right. And it was funny. And it, it made me think because you're so, I guess you're caught up in the cultural kind of stereotypes and generalizations yes. of certain certain things like the Irish police officer right. or 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 the matriarch black matriarch woman right or the deacon of a black church and you right. just you're kind of so in tune to what stereotypes are that when a book kind of breaks through that it really does um, in a very authentic yes, way because he yes. knows those characters really right, well clearly right, he was right. writing about people he knew mm -hmm. and then what i thought was fascinating was he ended up throwing in this mystery yes <laughs> yes <laughs> kind of at the end there's like this mystery here everyone's right. looking for this thing and you know you can't tell whether he it, it, it's a literal thing or right. is it metaphorical oh i just thought it was mm -hmm. so delightful it's won a lot of accolades yes he doesn't write that many books no no. But the ones he's written have been yeah. fabulous. Right, right. He's he's really, um, and in this day of you know so much racial tension, it's it's really, I, I just kind of feel redeemed when I read something like yes. this, where you yes. see people especially really for, getting along, especially for the time that the book takes place in the late '60s. Yeah, I mean, especially in New York easy. City. I mean, that was beginning of writing, and absolutely, it just, it's yeah. it was nice to kind of see a a little bubble of just right niceness and, and comfort and yeah not and that's not to say that he um glosses over the difficulty of living in the cause right. housing project right. right it was not an easy life for any of them right um but it was a community that people cared about each other Correct. and knew each yep. other yep. and so that made it really mm -hmm. really fun um 
Yeah, so we obviously both highly recommend Deacon King Kong by James McBride. Yes. Now, what was your other book that you wanted to talk about that is a little different? Uh, This is totally different than what I'm used to and totally different than anything I would feel usually happy about reading for a strange way. Okay. Um, I'm... I... I like historic fiction. Mm-hmm. I am not, I will tell anyone who asks me, I am not a fan of fantasy or science fiction. Yeah, Just, that's it, what surprised me about this choice. Yeah. Um, but I, I picked it up randomly. I had read a review of it, uh, put it on my holds list, and the book is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. It's written by V.E. Schwab. Uh, V.E. Schwab is a female writer of YA fantasy series. Um, very well known for her fantasy series that she already writes. And she decided to kind of go out of her mold, Mm -hmm. out of her comfort zone as well. Uh, The book is fabulous. I recommend it. Again, it kind of falls into the overlapping characters in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Its primary character is Addie LaRue. She's a girl that is born in the early 1700s in a small village in France. And takes place kind of in her childhood as it's leading up to an arranged marriage that her her father has done. Uh Um, And she is unhappy with the choice. She is a very independent, strong-willed girl, wants nothing to do with the marriage or the person that is going to be her husband. Right. Uh, And she runs off into the woods and makes the deal with a dark spirit. Oh, and her deal is that she wants to be invisible. And it then takes her, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you interpret the book, mm-hmm. um, she cannot die. So she oh. lives through hundreds of years of history uh-huh. um, as a witness to everything that's happening. She lives her life. She, n- she never ages out of her late I would say maybe 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, and part of her deal is that she's invisible to everyone. Oh, wow. So if she's in a room and you were speaking to her, if you leave the room and come back, you wouldn't know who she was. Uh, she can't speak her name. She can't write her name. She can't make any, um, any symbols or anything. She can't write anything. Um, so they can't see her. They see her. Oh, they see her. They just can't remember her. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, so you and I could have a conversation, and you would leave the room and come back in, not remember the conversation, not know who I was. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's neat to see how she kind of wraps her head around the acceptance of this part of her deal. Uh, she kind of, she definitely struggles with it mm-hmm. because she's looking for companionship. Of she course. wants it must be very lonely. She to live just, forever. Her biggest concern and fear is that she wants to be remembered. Ah. And Don't later, we all? <laughs> yes. And later in the book, uh, she happens to go into a bookstore in New York, and has she decides as part of her deal she has to she can't have belongings. It's part of the deal. Um, so she can't. She really doesn't have any money. She doesn't have anywhere to sleep. So every night it's just kind of vagabond. I, I curl up in a ball at the park or she meets people and she realizes their their schedule. So she'll break into an apartment because the doorman 
won't remember her. Oh my gosh. So the next day she just goes back to the apartment right. because oh, he doesn't remember funny. her. Where? Um so she lives this kind of nomadic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So her one big passion is reading and learning. And she goes to a bookstore in New York City and Is this present times? Yes, it's present times. And unfortunately steals a book because she has no money. And reads the book decides to go back to the store under the presumption that no one will remember her. Right. And as she tries to steal a second book, the person that works at the bookstore says, hey, where are you going? You took that book yesterday. <gasps> so someone finally remembers oh, her. wow. And there's a whole layer of the story that I don't want to give away right. between this man and Addie as to why he can't remember her, and they oh. kind of spend time together, and uh-huh. there's a little twist at the end. It's a fascinating book. It's, I don't it's not like heavily, time travel. It's it's not heavily time travel. Okay. Uh, it does she jump back and forth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the again, it's primarily just a couple of very strong, repetitive characters. It's the dark spirit that keeps visiting Addie throughout her okay. ordeal. Yeah. Addie and the man at the end of the book. Uh-huh. Um, it's her struggle, her internal struggle of coming to grips with her deal, what that means for her, because obviously it was a very impulsive thing that she did trying to get out of this marriage. Um, how she finds ins and outs of, you know, finding her way into apartments so she can sleep mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to feed herself and find clothing. And it's just, it's quirky little things like that that yeah, make the book. Interesting. I, I totally do not like fantasy books uh-huh. um, I don't like romance um, there's a little sprinkle of the romance in You're there right, of course. Um, but it's just such an easy read and I loved Addie as a character yeah that it's just it's a great great book I wow. highly highly recommend it that's great and it's actually after you mentioned it to me I hadn't actually heard of it and then I started seeing it on all the best of mm-hmm. lists it's actually one of our lucky day reads as Ooh, well Ooh, great lucky day reads mm-hmm. should we tell people what the lucky day read is absolutely the, luck- uh, Go ahead. the lucky day reads is a program that we're doing here at the West Bridgewater Public Library that are bestseller books that you may have a hard time getting right so if you yeah, the have holds a, lists are going to be so long that's right so let's say james patterson james patterson comes out with a new book but unfortunately you're 300th in yeah, the line for right, the book like most of us would be um you take your chances to come into the library or call ahead and say is there a lucky day copy of yes. the latest patterson book there may or may not be right that's why it's your lucky day or may not be your lucky day these are copies that are unable to be placed right in hold. so they're always available for someone so Addie LaRue is one of our Lucky Day Reads. That's great. And I think that gives people a lot of incentive to visit the library. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, my second book that I was interested in talking about is called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It's a contemporary book. Um, it starts out um, with a, a, a pair of sisters. Um, the Vinya's sisters are... Um, grow up in a small hamlet, it's smaller than really even a town, it's just a tiny little village in southern Louisiana. And they, the premise of their village is that everyone who lives there could pass as white. They're all black, oh. but they all have very, very, very light skin. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And um, they are twins, and they grow up, and, you know, they have 
they have um, their childhood. And then at a certain point, one of them decides that she really wants to get out of the town. The town's too small for her. <laughs> so um, she convinces her sister to move to um, New Orleans. And they move together um, to New Orleans. And then um, the sister, the names of which I don't have in front of me, but um, the sister was who was reluctant gets a job in an insurance company, um, and she decides to pass as white herself. Like, they were not going to do that. Right. They had left because they, you know, were kind of rebelling against that. And um, she ends up falling in love with and mutually in love with um, a um, insurance um, executive who marries her and whisks her off to Southern California. Does the executive know that she is black? No. Oh, she keeps it completely secret. And then her s twin sister moves to DC and gets married and has a divorce and has some, both of them end up having children. Both of them have, end up having girls. Um, and it's so interesting because at some point, um, the original um, twin's daughter from DC, uh, well, first of all, her daughter is very, very dark so dark black her skin is so black that you'd call it blue black wow that's very very dark um and but she's you know so she's fine about that they're not she's not passing or anything and they end up moving back to uh, the small town in um in louisiana and the the daughter goes off to to um california to make her own way in the world and at some point ends up totally by accident um serving catering being on being on the catering staff of this fancy schmancy party at her aunt's house and she doesn't even know she's her who's, aunt who's passing for who's white. passing for white oh, this anyway is fascinating. It, it is it's a really 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 interesting book um and it's not it's i mean it's fascinating because you really end up really liking all of the characters really understanding them mm -hmm. the one who's passing in southern california is she's kind of shallow but you can kind of see where she's coming from um, in her community, she lives in like this gated community. Um, at some point, a, a, a black family does end up moving into their community, and and she feels like she should make friends with the woman, but mm -hmm. is too afraid. She says, "Someone from the black community will know that I am black if we have too much contact." Oh. So she stays away, and it, that becomes a whole there's a big tension. Yeah, it's so it's just fascinating, and um, there are a lot of books about that whole concept of passing right um if there can be racial passing you know you know a lot of people um who have you know gender expressions that might not be acceptable mm -hmm. and so they often pass as straight right. right and so it kind of just really delves into this whole concept of what does it mean to pass in any sense it's like racially or in any right. kind of way right and so it's it's just a very thoughtful book it was one of those books just like Deacon king kong where you you end up thinking about it a long time right. afterwards, which I just right. love. Yes. I just love. And the thing of this is similar to Deacon King Kong is that um, it's not a book that's angry. It's actually just asking interesting questions. Yes. And they're actually somewhat universal questions. Yes. But there's a specificity to it, too, that you can right. understand that there's a reason for that. Right. Um, so it's just it's just it's just a fascinating read. I highly recommend it. That's it's on a lot of lists too. And I know we have it on our um, our hot summer reads shelf. I believe it's a lucky day book. Is as it well. a lucky day book too? It is because hey. I have a copy at my house. Excellent. <laughs> well, I think it's it's a fast read too. It's 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 really pretty quick, 
And um, it's just one of those books that really, you'll put it down at the end and just have a lot to mm -hmm. consider. Excellent. So we've been reading some pretty good, cool stuff. Yes, yes. I mean, there are other books that we could talk about, too. And at some later point, maybe we'll want to pick up the pick up the thread of 2020 20. and yeah. think like what uh, what <laughs> what and why did right. a certain book resonate with me <laughs> yes i you know because i had thought at first that i would be looking for comfort food kind of reads right yes and no i mean it was fun to be challenged from another perspective i started the the whole quarantine stage i typically don't read what i consider fluff yeah and I definitely went through a period, probably for the same reasons you weren't able to focus, high anxiety, just yeah. so much going on and such a, a change to what our normal Absolutely. lives were, that I read a little bit of fluff and after a while I was like, okay, that has to stop. Right. You get so bored with <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. They're kind of, you know, all the same type of book, just, you know, yeah. switching characters and plot themes and stuff like that. But I, these two books have just... I, I'm reluctant to ever reread a book. There's only a couple of books now that I will reread, but these two definitely will most likely make that rereading list. Good, because you know what? I was never a rereader before I joined the um, book club here at the library that meets on um, once a month on Tuesday nights. And because I sort of had to reread, mm -hmm. because sometimes I was the one who was recommending the book, but it had been a long time since I right. read it. I had to reread to re refresh myself. I found the rereads so enjoyable. I mean, if, they, if it's a good book, right, right. Um, but if it's if it's got a lot of content in it, I I was I was actually totally surprised myself with how much mm -hmm. I enjoyed the reread. Right. And of course, a book is either you know sometimes you just you just have to be in the right time and place for a book to resonate yes. with you. Well, I remember you saying with Deacon King Kong, you had started yeah, it I did. and put it down because you just couldn't get into it. I and I, I and was I worried. said to you, I was like, you have to, I know. you have to finish this book. I love it so I, much. I'm so glad you pushed me on it because I really didn't want to read a crime book at mm -hmm. the time. And yet, of course, once you get past the, when you start realizing that sport coats just, <laughs> he con continues to evade the yes. law. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was so hilarious. Yes, so it that was. made it. Yeah, that made me keep on reading. Absolutely, and it's very rare that I say I hope a book becomes a movie, but Deacon King Kong could be one of those books that absolutely would be just a hysterical yes movie, but just also timely with the with the racial right. twist in it. It just it's just a yeah. fascinating great book. Yeah. Well, that's, this has been fun, Ashley, and yes. I think we'll have to get back into this again. Absolutely. It's been fun to chat books with you. Yes. And so tune in next time for another podcast uh, from the West Bridgewater Public Library. So long. Bye-bye.